What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. And this week, we've got a phenomenal phenomenal guest. Listen, not every week do I get the chance of having a friend come on the episode. But today, I've got a dear sister. She's a writer. She's a, she's a great expositor of the gospel. She's got her ministry within. She loves the Lord, committed to the local church. Uh, she has a heart for the for the people of God. Man, I can go on and on about this sister that we have today. We've got the one and only, only Yodi with us today. Yodi, how are you doing, fam? I am doing well. I need to come on here more often. <laughs> no, it, I am doing well, man. Um, such an honor to be on this episode of or just this podcast. You know how I feel about this podcast and the incredible work that you're doing. And so thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, accepting that invitation and coming on. Um, for those that are new to the podcast, we were just talking about off air how this is the 70, 70th episode. And for all the A1 day ones, they know you were on at one point. It was episode 22. It was like two, three years. That's back. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I don't know where the time went, but we're here. And so, yeah, thank you for yeah accepting the invitation and being willing to come on once more. And uh, yeah, just sharing some insight that God has given you. It's an honor. So let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. So for those who may or may not know, you recently dropped a project um, entitled Called to the Ones, or is it Called to the Ones, Called to the Ones and Not the Masses? For those who don't know anything about that, can you just let us know what that's about? what you're doing with that project, the heart behind it, all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it is called Call to the Ones. Um, but so I'm wearing my merch today. Call yeah. to the Ones, not the masses. Um, and this project really came from um, just my own walk with the Lord. Um, and um, these words were spoken to me by the Lord in just prayer. Uh, he dropped these words in my heart that really just helped me um, or remind me that um, that God is not after uh, after us and reaching just the masses, right? At the neglect of like paying attention to the ones who are in our lives. And it really came from just my own story uh, where over the years, you know, when God would stir my heart with an idea and my initial response is to be like, ah, all right, it's, you know, it's going to be this big old thing. And, and God has over the years just kind of reeled me back in and said, you know, it's not about that. Like, and so when I first started within, I remember uh, back when it first started back in 2010, excuse me, 2012, it was um, simply a, a community of a website of where women can join a community. And I thought when I first started it, there'll be like hundreds and hundreds of girls on it, women on it. And, you know, it was, it was few. And I was writing daily devotionals. And I remember feeling discouraged. And I just remember like, in prayer, just being reminded that like, even if there was just one person that was reading this devotionals, write it with the same faithfulness and same vigor and same joy that you do in writing it. And so, and I can go through countless stories of those reminders. And so when these words came to me months back, um, it was when I was meditating on Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, yeah. um, verses 12 to 18. And it's basically Paul talking about his ministry and can I just read it real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Is that okay? So it says, um, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when, when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding. 
but we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has God assigned to us to reach even to you. But we are not overextending ourselves um, as though we did not reach you. So it just, I remember reading this and just being encouraged in my heart because at that time I was struggling with just feeling like, what impact am I making? Mm. Um, and it was in that, that God just used to just one, remind me of how am I just being a good steward of the measure of grace I've been given and the influence I've been given, not looking to another, not thinking that perhaps because they have a bigger sphere of influence that their level, you know, their measure of impact is greater than mine, you know? And so, yeah, so God dropped these words in my heart and I told a sister of mine to, to make a shirt for me just for my own. Um, and then I thought, well, you know what, perhaps if, so, if I wear it and people resonate with it, this can be an awesome opportunity just to push this message that, you know, we may, some of us may be called to the masses and a bigger platform, but all of us are called to the ones, right? All of us are called to pay attention to those in our lives whom we can um, serve or love or see and know. So that's a short end of it. But yeah, so that, that really is just the message just to encourage people, especially in this day and age where we are just entrenched in a society that, that insists the message of like bigger platform more followers um so, no, that's so pro- to the ones <laughs> i love it i love it so i can resonate with that even with this podcast you and i have talked about you know over yeah yeah just phone conversation man there's a real temptation to want to blow up there's a real temptation to want to reach the masses and uh want to do really great exploits for the lord mm-hmm. and that's not everybody's call like not everyone is called to that but like you said, God has, there, there are people that he has called us to. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to ask you, how would you define impact? If impact is not measured by the amount of people we reach, and if God has designated a certain amount of people for us to serve, uh, how should we look at impact? What should the aim be? My, my initial response is impact is simply obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh. I say that because we think that bearing fruit means like numbers. Like yeah. if I bear fruit, that means I'm, you know, it's numbers. That's the measure. And bearing fruit is simply like obedience to the Lord, like to the spirit. And so for me is, you know, and again, I didn't just get here. Like I've, 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 I've been pulled in that temptation to think like I have to have this platform or this, this kind of large like being seen to feel like I'm more significant or like my impact matters to the Lord when I'm realizing like obedience matters to the Lord and so if if in that moment that a person is in front of me and I'm loving and serving them like that's obedience right because the reality is like if, if if what we believe cannot um cannot reach people where they are and in their circumstance that means that's not God's truth because God's truth doesn't have like, it only works for this people or only works for this condition. And so for me, I'm learning that impact is simply obedience. And so, um, yeah, how am I obeying the Lord with the people that he's giving me in my life? Because the reality is the thing about the masses is it's, it's, a, it's an illusion because you can't see them. Yeah. You don't know them. Right. But yeah. yeah, we have this allegiance. I got to reach the masses and that's the mentality. And yet, you got someone right in front of you. Like, and so what happened, I am not like negating or dismissing the masses because praise God, yeah, yeah. Um, 
praise God for a platform that can reach more people. But if it's at the neglect and the dismissiveness of the ones in front of you, I don't think God is pleased with that. And and let's talk about it. Like, you know, this whole like celebrity Christian culture and the masses like, and, but you're neglecting the very people in front of you. And I don't, I don't think that God is pleased with us when we do that. And so, um, yeah, so I would say impact is measured by obedience. And so praise the Lord, if God opens the door for you to have this platform and you steward that well, um, but it will never be at the neglect of mm. at, at the, the ones, because I mean, you know, people that don't know you can, can ha- you can have their ears, right? People listen to you, but people that know you, yeah. right? And, and you're neglecting them and, you know, because we tend to, we tend to kind of diminish the ones when we have the platform of the masses. We, so we, that's not significant. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I need something bigger because I have the ears of the masses. And so I just, I want to, and I know it goes against the grain, but it's just like, Lord, renew our minds to, to see that you, that the ones in front of us have just as much significance or a difference that we can make um, with, with the masses. Yeah. And Jesus, I mean, we talk about this, but Jesus is the greatest example of that, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Speaking to Jesus, I know you and I had talked about one time how Jesus spoke in parables. In fact, mm-hmm. one third of the ways in which he spoke was through the form of parables. And, yeah. you know, uh, he spoke in parables to, to conceal and reveal truth. Mm-hmm. And he, he he was very masterful in doing so. Like he wasn't, you know, even when he had the crowd, he was speaking yeah. code. Yeah. He cared for those that were truly hungry and those that really wanted um, him for who he was and not necessarily what he could do. Right. Them. Right. I wanted to ask you, how do we get back to uh, dignifying the ones? How do we find significance? How do we truly value? Maybe somebody's listening and they're a youth leader or somebody's yeah. listening, they don't got a lot of followers on Instagram. Maybe somebody's listening, they started a ministry and it's not taking off in the way they want it to take off. Um, how do you get to a point where you you realize what is in front of you is spectacular because that is what God has entrusted you with in this moment? Not to say, right. yeah, but it might not. How do we even in that be pleased with what God has given us and value it and serve it well? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I would say first, let Jesus be our example, right? Um, anything that we're called to do is because Jesus has been the example for it, right? As believers. And so when you look at the life of Jesus, he was called to save the world, right? I mean, he was called to save the masses, the world, but like even the way he walked this earth, um, he chose 12 disciples. I mean, you would think that if Christ came to save the world, like he would have like a, a 500 people course of how to be a disciple so you can go and reach the more people. But he chose to, to, to pour his life and walk with 12 disciples, right? People that he, he saw that significance of that. And even what we, you and I talked about, he removed himself from the masses oftentimes and he, he made it a point to go to the ones. He made it a point to, wow. he, you know, he was in the crowd and the lady who was, um, the issue of bleeding she t- like she, he he stopped wow. and he paid attention and he gave her the gift of time and the gift of the, his presence and i think about the woman at uh, the well um how god jesus the scripture says that he had to go through samaria yeah. like 
like he he showed us like these they matter you know it matters because because of that woman who the lord revealed himself to she ended up <laughs> the, the gentiles came to to know him right and so i think jesus just shows us that the ones matter because wow you know giving them the gift of time or just whether it's the ones of like you're walking with to to help them mature we talk we'll talk about discipleship a little more but Jesus exemplified that. So I think for any person who feels like you're not making an impact. Um, oh, here's another thing. Mm. So when Jesus fed the 5,000, you would think like you would be more like amazed. You're more amazed like, wow, he, he fed 5,000 people, right? Mm. Um, but just one of the implications I take from that story is like out of that 5,000, literally probably, I, we don't know the number, right? But it was very few that probably followed him from that experience, right? So you would think that because you were reaching more people that you were making greater impact when in reality, like only a few, like they can hear, but only a few end up being the ones that actually believed, right? And so I, I think don't be dis delusioned by the, disillusioned by the masses because Jesus showed us like the masses came to him, but like you said, only few ended up following him, you know? And so I think, his, his um, example shows us that the masses, while they were in number like really great, um, when you're investing, like only the few are gonna come out of that. And, and so even when Jesus, him pouring into the 12, yeah. going deeper, not wider, you know, and I, I remember the Lord even speaking that to me because I, I forgot the, the impact of going deeper with something versus feeling like, you know, if I'm reaching the masses because it's wide versus like, no, we're also called to go deep, you know? And so, yeah, I, I would just say first and foremost, Jesus is our example, yeah. right? He, he, he modeled that for us beautifully. And so, um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when you, you know, continuing to look at the, uh, the, the example of Jesus, um, you know, he started off with a crowd. I mean, he was buzzing. Right. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus, but by the end of his life, it was just his mother and one disciple there with him. Like he literally yeah. lost all of the, even amongst the twelve. Like <laughs> they didn't, they needed, they needed a, to be encouraged, and they had to, yeah, to catch, yeah, they had to catch Jesus after the resurrection to build their morale and their spirits up again, and to really lean into this, uh, this yeah. reality of who Jesus is. But yeah, you see Jesus. Um, yeah, grassroots, always concerned with the ones that that were attentive and that were there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, in light of all of that, what do you think our example has been? If, if, if it's not Jesus, then what are we looking to that has made us believe that if I don't reach the masses, then I'm not doing anything at all. At all. You, you talked about celebrity pastors earlier. It just feels like you know, in Western Christianity, mm -hmm. um, in order to have uh, a fruitful or impactful or respected ministry or church or what have you, you got to have the numbers. Like, what do you, what, what, what gospel have we bought into? Like, what do you think the example <sighs> has been for us and how's that harmed us? Yeah. Ooh, um, well, I think like social media has a lot to do. Uh, I mean, social media, let's face it, it is rewiring us to think um, that, you know, 
impact is measured by the number of followers. I mean, if you were to be honest, if someone reached out to you that had 500,000 followers about an opportunity and someone else reached out to you that had 500 followers, who are you going to pay attention to? Who are you going to consider more significant? Right. Oh, snap. Like, and so we, I mean, we're being wired to think that numbers mean, um, like their sound or their, they know what they're talking about. And so, I mean, that, that's, that's what we're being bombarded with right now. Right. And so, and, and obviously in, in Christianity, like just even the West, like social media using and stewarding social media, right. We want to steward it well, but like, we're also buying into this, this narrative, this cultural narrative that, um, that you build your platform, more people. And I think we disguise it. And again, sometimes it's really just like this desire just to want to reach, who doesn't want to reach more people? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, who doesn't? But I think it just, what that's overshadowed um, by just the, the reality, like that we think that we're really reaching people because we have more, you know, we have more more followers on our platform. And so, I mean, I think we really have to, if we're to know the schemes of the enemy, right? Like, you know, know the schemes. I think that we have to know that this is a way that the enemy uses to make us think that we are actually doing work because we have a social media platform that has a majority, I mean, it has a large following. And yet there are plenty of people who are not on social media who are doing work, who are, you know, living. And it's just like, because the reality, like we, we've, as we're being rewired, we're just starting to think like, mm-hmm. oh, you're significant or you you actually know what you're talking about because you have a, a large following. And so now we're being um, desensitized to like, what is truth because it's being hijacked by numbers. Like, wow. and so um, it's just a daily fight, man. It is. I mean, I think that I, I would be lying if I said that I'm, I've, I don't fight this battle, you know, of thinking that. And that's why to me, like these words just re- reorients my heart over and over again. Um, because like I can have this mass and, you know, we know of people or just, we hear it, right? People who we think that like, we, we have an assumption about who they are because yeah. of their following, um, but no idea what's behind the scene. We no idea how they're treating the ones and, and, you know, the people that are in their vicinity, people that know them, people that they know. And so um, I just think that we have to guard our hearts, know the scheme of the enemy um, in regards to the way that he is using um, something that can be very much for the glory of God. Um, But we're also sinners, right? We, by disposition and even by choice, but even by disposition, the way that we interpret certain things, if we're not daily being renewed, uh, it will be, renewed in our own understanding, if not by the word of God. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. You know, what I love about what you just talked about was this reorienting our heart, just this, you know, like you said, it, it is a daily fight. It is, it's hard not to believe that if you have a blue check right next to your name, that you're called by God, you know, like if other people affirm you, then you're definitely on the right track. It's, it's mm-hmm. a battle that you face every day or you know, even something as small as sending out a tweet. And if you don't get any likes, it's like, ah, maybe there's no truth to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by the masses. And that's not necessarily true either. And so what I wanted to ask you was, you know, I know you're not demonizing the masses. I know you're not saying, yeah. you know, to, to reach the masses is a bad thing because it's not. I think 
God has called some to reach the masses. What's that fine line? Like, what do you think is the balance between affirming, dignifying, valuing the ones, but at the very same time, if God calls you to the masses, not losing sight of the bigger picture? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so I'm going to say it again. I am not demonizing large platforms and large masses. I, I think the balance or just, you know, the, the place of just remembering that, because remember, I mean, even if he gives you a platform, like you're not known and you don't know these people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, that's just like, just logically, like you don't know, <laughs> you don't know these people. They don't really know you. They know what you say, but they're not behind closed doors. You know, they're not the ones who has like, they're privy to your life, like behind closed doors. And so I think it's just the humility to understand that praise God, he has given you uh, and the ability to, and entrusted you to, to steward a platform um, and, and steward even the, I mean, the, the hearts of these people, because the reality is like, they may be the masses, but they're still ones, they're still individuals, right? And so, um, so I'm not saying, I'm not just like lumping people in masses. I'm just saying more of like the ability for us to this thing, like bigger platforms, like means more, but when it comes to having that and stewarding it, I think it's just remembering um, that like, while you have the, the ears of listener, you know, of, of the masses, um, how do you have the hearts of the ones who are in your vicinity, right? Like, how are you, cause, cause how are you not neglecting that? Because we can, we can just get, cause we can puff up too. I mean, I think having the, uh, the, 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 ears of the, the masses, if we're not careful, if, if we're doing it on our own strength, we will puff up. Like we, we will grow prideful. Uh, we will not be, um, we will, you know, we won't listen to people. Like we won't listen to the ones. Like if, if we're like, well, I'm, I, you know, I had this big platform. And so I think it's just making sure you understand that um, like what God is really after, yeah. you know, he, and, and, and the fact that like, he doesn't see you as more significant or um, wow. because you have a platform for the masses. And, you know, and so I think it's just like a humility. Like, have I, where's my posture with the Lord in, in this platform that I've been given? Um, and, and, not, and then not to look down on those who don't have larger platforms, right? Like, we do that, like, you know, and we don't say it out loud, but we know what we're thinking or we know what our posture is. Like, again, I'm, I'm more, I would probably listen to someone who has a check next to them versus like someone who doesn't, you know? And um, just remembering who you're, you know, who you're doing this for is God and, and God sees all, God knows all, God is not impressed. <laughs> um, praise God, he entrusts us to have a bigger platform, but, what you do in the day-to-day and the people, the ones that are in your life, I think is what God is, is looking for. Cause you're not, you're technically not um, obligated to serve the ones in the way that you're obligated to serve the ones or to serve the masses in the way that you'd be obligated to love and serve the ones who are in front of you. Yeah, I love that. So good. This past week I was at a church planting conference and I went to a session on burnout. And I didn't know what to expect, but the the whole conversation was about how most pastors and leaders burn out 
because they find their security in the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, The burnout has nothing to do with the work. It has everything to do with attaching your identity or your worth to Mm, the process, which was, you know, I I didn't know that the speaker was going to take it in that direction, but that, that was like a, that was a great session for me to go to and a great heart check. And I wanted to ask you along these lines, um, why do you think we've attached, you know, or have we, like, I don't know, maybe you can share from your personal experiences. Like, I know for me, sometimes, like, let's say I put out an episode and it doesn't get the reaction I wanted Mm -hmm. or it doesn't Mm -hmm. get the likes or the clicks. It's very easy to, you know, um, yeah, self-deprecate. It's Mm -hmm. really easy to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, see, you're not called to this. See, this isn't for you. Or yeah, maybe you should quit, right? Like, and it's weird to say that out loud, but I think these are some of the internal battles we face Absolutely. when we don't see the masses cosign what we believe God is calling us to. And so how do we kind of like divorce the two that our security comes in who God says we are, we're his children, we're loved, we're uh, forgiven, that we're set free, that we are, yeah, that, that, that's our primary, primary, uh, primary identity. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we yeah like how do we get here can you like do you can you relate to that and how do we overcome some of that oh yeah I, I mean I totally relate to it I mean I, like I said like when I started within and I was like oh there's only this number of people on this platform and God's like you better you know me say it like this but just even if it's just one, right? Like, cause I literally, I was, I was kind of like, what's, what's the point then if it's only like these number of people. And so again, over time, it's just like, okay, I know it makes a difference, but I can't see the difference perhaps, but I, you know, just trusting that it makes a difference. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've struggled with that. And, um, and I remember even when, when God dropped these words in my heart, I was struggling. I was struggling with that mentality, you know, with that thought process. And um, I think one of the things, and it, I don't want to sound morbid, but one of the things that helps me when I struggle with thoughts like that is um, I, I am not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm. You know, like yeah. a, a lot of the things that we think about, we stress over, like it's part of the assumption that like, there's always a tomorrow. Like, and and again, I'm not trying to sound morbid. I'm just, for me, reminding myself that life is short. Yes. um, Has, it always just kind of brings me back to the present moment. And what am I doing with the present moment? And so that present moment for me is not the masses. The present moment for me is how am I loving and serving and just being fully present where I am and so I have to do that for me like that that is the way the Lord kind of reorients my heart to remember like and and I'm and I'm accountable like I will stand before the Lord you know and so because more than anything like you said it's it's a heart issue um and so if if I don't really truly believe my worth Mm. is in what God has and what what God has done through Christ um then I'm going to find myself, I love this book that I'm reading, I'm, I'm going through with a sister of mine and it's the gospel center of life. And it talks about when we don't believe in, when we don't truly put our trust in the gospel, what happens? We either fall into the pretending or the performing, performing, right? And the performing yeah. is um, you don't quite believe mm. 
and truly trust what Christ has done and, and the implications of that, right? So I'm talking about your identity, um, the fact that you don't have to perform for God. And so for us, it's, 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 it's really like us behaving in that way or thinking that way is also, we, we've not been secure in, in the love of God for us. Like, because then we're thinking, because then we're thinking that we get God's attention when we've reached the masses. Wow. And that's God's attention has nothing to do um, with what we do for him. Honestly, like, yeah, he is pleased when we please, when we are living our lives to please him. But if that was the case, then that means what Christ has done was not sufficient. Yeah, so. And so I, yeah, I just being rooted in the gospel is yet another thing. Right. And, and when we find ourselves thinking about when we find ourselves like um, questioning our worth, uh, because of how many people we're reaching or not reaching. It's like, I think that's a call to repent, you know, conviction of the heart. I have not truly believed in the gospel, like fully, like I need to, like, you know, I need to ask the Lord to remind me, uh, as my pastor says, remember, rehearse and rejoice in the gospel daily, because it's just, we have to, or else we get ourselves caught up in, in this kind of way or dragged in this tide. And so, um, so yeah, remembering that tomorrow is not guaranteed, um, I think will help us just, how do we just fully give ourselves to this present moment? And which means that we're going to fully give ourselves to the ones in the moment that we're in and, and not strive for this illusion of the masses. Um, and then the second one I said, which, oh yeah. And the gospel, I'm like, I forgot the gospel. Don't forget the gospel. Um, and just, right. (laughs) Just, 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 let it be a way that we um, are like, cause that means the Holy Spirit's convicting us of like, if, if I'm struggling with this, that means I've, where, where have I not truly put my trust in the gospel and the work of Christ? Yeah, no, that's so profound. Much to be said there, but we don't have. Yeah, I know. But I, cause one thing I did want to talk to you about is discipleship. And I think sometimes when our focus, again, you know, not de- uh, not demonizing the masses, right? God has called some for that, but when we assume that responsibility and when we put all our eggs in that basket, and that's what we're pursuing, I think it neglect it, it it robs us of the opportunity to disciple and really hone in on the ones, um, yeah. the way Jesus. Uh, uh, served when he was on earth wasn't by holding these huge gatherings with the masses always it happened but he he chose 12 mm-hmm. and he walked with them and he did life yeah. with them and he poured into you know, he discipled them and he commissioned them to disciple others after his assignment was complete and so I wanted to ask you um why do you think we're not do you, well let me start here do you think that we've seen a lack of discipleship because the focus now is on the masses and if so, what do we need to do to get back to the heart of God, which is discipleship? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way you framed that. Um, didn't even think about it that way in regards to like neglecting discipleship because we get so focused on feeling like ministry has to be a, a platform masses um, idea. So, yes, I mean, I, I definitely do think that discipleship um, and, I, and I don't want to speak for the church at large, um, just but just more so in my experience, like where you don't hear about discipleship enough, right? Um, and just even understanding it, because sometimes we just think discipleship and we automatically think like a program. You know, I, I went through a program mm-hmm. versus like the, the call of every believer 
um, Matthew 28. I mean, that's like that, to, you know, we go to that verse because, I mean, that's the command that Christ has given to, to go into the world, you know, make disciples, teaching them to observe. So this is where I feel like we, we stop. Yeah. We're good at making disciples, maybe perhaps just spreading the gospel. Perhaps right. like it's all about, yeah, let's go teach the gospel. But the second part, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. Yeah. I feel like that part is missing. That, that that to me, so that's why you can have a bunch of people say, I believe in Christ, but no fruit to show for it because no one is showing them how to do that, which which is why we believe in the local church, right? Um, but I also believe that as believers, um, I'm currently teaching uh, Hebrews and we just got done chapter five, where it's at the end of chapter five, the author is telling them, you know, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God. So to me, that says, based on the word of God, that perhaps there's a time where, and not by teaching, like not the gift of teaching, but teaching more so your life should be showing others mm -hmm. how to follow Christ, like what, what, what the gospel is, right? And so I feel like, you know, there, there is a time where we need to be helping someone else walk the faith, right? We don't have to be scholars. We don't have to be in seminary. Like, but the, the call of the Christian, you know, we've privatized our faith, right? In a way that uh, we forget that it's communal. Yeah. Um, and so praise God for him opening my eyes to see the light of, of the gospel, right? And the light of Christ. And now as I live, as I'm growing and my knowledge of God, I, if I'm not like, making the effort to help someone else walk with him, um, then, you know, I'm not saying that my, my, my faith is in vain, but it's just like, I, I'm missing a big part of, of what it means for the gospel to bear fruit, you know? And so I am really big on discipleship in the sense of like who, and, and it's not about, Hey, I need to, you know, cause we think like making an impact is like, I got to start a ministry, right? you know? And again, not knocking that I have a ministry, yeah. um, but, but that's just, that's something I believe God's given me to do, but it's not at the expense of the one-on-ones that I'm constantly and, and understanding the importance of that. So who are the ones in your life that you can help walk with them to, to maturity in Christ, right? And it doesn't have to be a large group, but you can literally be helping one, a sister, a brother walk in the Lord, teaching them his ways, teaching them to observe his ways. And um, and and it really, the, the hope is that it would be in your vicinity. You, you know people. Um, and so... But as the scripture says, like you ought to be doing X, Y, Z um, and you're not, which means like we ought to be doing this. Like there's no way that we are 10 years in our faith and we, we've not helped another person walk with the Lord, you know? And so, um, and it holds us accountable, you know? And that's the whole thing, right? Part of discipling is you're also held accountable, right? It's not like you're not just, teaching them, but you're holding each other accountable. And so, um, yeah, the hope for this call to the ones project is really, um, part of the, the main thing is really to help, uh, with this other project, which I won't bring up now, but just in regards to just encouraging women, um, sisters to, to disciple, it's just part of our walk. We like, we need it. It, it is, it is, you know, discipleship to me is if we're talking about spiritual disciplines and the way that I have come to define spiritual disciplines is uh, anything that will um, that is for the, the endurance of my faith. Yeah. Um, so, you know, prayer, you know, all those other things that we're very privileged, like we know them. But to me, discipleship, that is to me, that is for the endurance of my faith. Yeah. Someone walking with me um, and me walking with someone else. So, yeah. 
man, I love it. There's so much you said there, but there's one thing I kind of wanted to pick out and discuss. Yeah. You talked about how there's nothing wrong with having a ministry. You have a ministry, but that shouldn't come at the cost of discipleship. And I love the word. So when Jesus commanded them, go and make disciples of all nations, that word go is like a, that, that verb is progress. Like it's a, it's as you go better mm-hmm. translated. Yeah. As you know, and it's, yeah, as you go get this degree, make disciples as you get married, make disciples yeah. as you climb mm-hmm. the ladder, make disciples, That's as good. You start the ministry, make disciples. But I feel like a lot of the times the excuse is, um, man, I just don't got time right now, man. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I've got to do this. And, you know, I think like we we put discipleship uh, on the back burner because we're so focused, we're so fixated on these other things that are happening yeah. in life. And not to excuse what happens in life, they're very real and it happens. But how do we, you know, get back to what Jesus, you know, as you do those things, make disciples? I, I thought it was, it was yeah, there's just, we gotta, I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit because I think you highlighted um, priority um, in the way you mm. talked about discipleship. And I feel like maybe we haven't seen discipleship as much as we ought to because we haven't prioritized. Yeah, yeah. So um, how do we get back to a place where we make disciples as we go live about our life? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think because, <laughs> you know, again, I'm going to point it back to the word first, right? Because if 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 Christ commanded it, that means it is a priority, right? It, it is a priority. And so um, I think we can make excuses for a lot of things. Um, that doesn't mean they're justifiable. Like, because if I make an excuse, like, again, especially if I believe that it is for the endurance of my faith, you know? And so um, I, I need to be, I, I mean, that's, it, Christ has commanded me. And I'm not saying you're disobeying, but in a way, <laughs> we might be disobeying. Perhaps if we saw it as disobedience, it might kind of sober us up, right? Because we don't, we don't see discipleship as, a matter of obedience or discipline. Like, so it's like, so why prioritize it? Like, you know, there's certain things that we know this sin. So of course I'm going to avoid that. I'm not going to do that. But like, we, we tend to kind of minimize um, certain things because, and perhaps the way that they've been taught has been their programs. They're, they're not necessarily like have to haves or, so we may be just responding to the way that we've heard it taught, you know? And so Perhaps we need kind of like a readjustment of how we talk about discipleship. It's not just a program. It's not just a, a, a thing that you do, um, but it's like, it's a way of life. Like my life, I should constantly being, I, I should constantly be helping someone walk with the Lord, you know, and I should be in, I should see that as a priority because that is how the gospel bears fruit, you know? Um, and so, yeah, again, not saying that it's a dis- disobedience. I'm not, you know, <laughs> and at the same time, it's like perhaps if we can ask the Lord to to give us understanding of how important that is to the endurance of our faith, um, would be something that reorients and and prior helps our helps excuse me helps us prioritize discipleship in our lives. I love it. I love it. So profound. Um, for those who are they're they're hearing that statement called to the ones, and they don't. There's no. You know, maybe that's news to them. Maybe they're like, I didn't know I was called to the ones, you know, maybe because we've only heard it as, you know, you're either called to the masses. 
that's it, you know, or, mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm not, I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm, I'm called to be an engineer or I'm called to uh, be a business, be an entrepreneur, or I want to, I'm in the arts, you know, I'm an actor mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, I, yeah, call to the ones. I love it because it's such a dynamic phrase. There's mm-hmm. so many things you can pull from. Yeah. Yeah. But for those who are tuning in and they don't even know that they're called to the ones, what would be your message to them? And how would you encourage them to um, live this life out, this, pick up this mandate and, and, and live to, to serve the ones? Yeah, um, I guess my, you know, first question would be, so, and again, like you said, th- this can be in all walks of life, right? Like, honestly, like, you don't even have to be a believer to, to, to believe in this message. Like, you know, in the sense of like, we could be, I mean, some, some artists may be listening right now who making music and you're really trying to like, you know, get known and, and, and perhaps you're discouraged. Um, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it, it is discouraging when you work at something and so, and you want more people to hear it out of just because it will be awesome for more people to hear it. Um, but I just, I think my encouragement would be that, um, like, ask God to help you understand, like, how significant, because you believe you're significant, right? So ask God to to show you how significant a person is, right? Um, how significant... The, the work that you're doing, landing in a, in, in, a, in a heart that is ready to hear or ready to receive or whatever it may be, like, we don't know the implication for that. Like, we don't know what, what would come from that person, right? And so not that you're just doing it, hoping that one person, you know, is, we're not doing, because it's really like, what is your motive, first of all? But just know that the question is, you know, who are the ones in your life, you know? Um, is, is it your family? Is it your neighbor? I mean, because it's basically like, who is your neighbor? Like your ones are your neighbors. And so who are your neighbors? How are you seeking to see them? How are you seeking to, to serve and to love them? Um, no matter what you may be doing, like even if you are um, someone who gets up on stage every day with thousands of people, mm-hmm. um, who are the ones in your life that you you are called to? Because in our as especially as believers um again it's not just about um i've reached this platform and i have the masses it's like who how are you though even the one another's right like who are the ones that you could be doing the one another's to um and that is significant because at the end of the day i really don't believe that we are going to be measured by oh wow um man ebenezer you had 50 million people that you reached your deep you had 2000 um come into the pearly gates and you actually get <laughs> you get this side of the house you know you get this big mansion like that that's not the measure of our of our worth and so um i you know ask that question who who are the ones in your life you know in and even if god calls you to the masses or gives you a platform don't ever let it be at the neglect of the ones that are in your life in this very moment. Um, and so seek them out too. I mean, you know, the prayers that God will give us eyes to, um, eyes to see and ears to hear um, so that we wouldn't be like the, you know, with the good Samaritan, we wouldn't be the one who um, was going because he probably was going to, to serve whatever, to service or something. And you neglected to, to be obedient to that one. So good. I love it. I, man, yeah. You know, I think about the scriptures and how it commands us to just be faithful, 
you know and yeah faithfulness doesn't have a name or uh it doesn't have a number attached to it right right yeah I love that uh we could be here all day long uh but (laughs) I won't do that to you um what would be your last encouragement like what would you know with this project that you released and this um yeah I think this beautiful message that the Lord has given you um you know what's the vision like what what do you want people to catch from this like how has the Lord ministered to you and what would you want to get out to others yeah um I I would encourage you you know when when the temptation um to believe that you know the masses is more significant um, than than the ones, um, or that it gets God's attention. Just just know that's not true, right? Um, that's not true. And the reality is, like, this whole message is is because of Jesus. Like the way that He expressed His love in a parable of like how He, um, what did He? What is? I'm like I, I blanked on the scripture where it says He He left the ninety nine to to go after the one, right? And so just even the way that God expresses His love is like you know, if we think about the love of God, like he went after you, Mm. um, like, yes, he is God sovereign. This whole world is his. Um, and yet the way that he pursued you, Mm. um, should show you how significant, you know, I pray that you would have that same heart to, to, to see the benefit or not even the benefit to see the significance of the ones in your life and pursuing them, loving them, serving them, seeing them, hearing them. Um, and why, because you know he Jesus goes after the ones. Yeah, yeah. And let me just say too, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but you mentioned this of just um, we we want to be seen, we want to be known. Um, and the reality is, like being called to the ones, it, it won't be the loudest call, right? It, you may not even be like acknowledged or seen, um, and even being called to the ones may not yield fruit right away. Um, but like I said, it's, it's all about obedience. And so just, I would pray that you would know that being caught to the ones is an act of obedience. Mm, I love that. So good. My heart is full. I've got, I got so much out of this conversation. I'm leaving better, better because of it. Um, for those who want to, uh, reach out to, to maybe ask more questions or get a better feel for what call to the ones are. Maybe they want to purchase uh, a crew neck or a shirt. Uh, where can they find you? To, to, to so um, there is a, a call to the ones at call to the ones on Instagram. Um, and the, the shirts and sweatshirts are sold on um, www.culturaldesigns.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm collaborating with a, a sister of mine who I, since she was a ninth grade disciple um, and have walked with her for a long time. And so wanting to, to use this platform to also bring awareness to just the, the cool work that she does. Cool. And so, and then, yeah, so you can, my um, Instagram is at Y-O-D-I-T. Um, and so hit me up, any questions, but also love to hear stories of what, who the ones are for you and whom God, you know, who are the ones that God has called you to be faithful to. And so. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Well, you did hint at a different project coming up. <laughs> when that comes out, we're going to have to bring you back on to talk about that. So, yeah, for those who love this episode, love this content from her, she's got, yeah, you can reach out to her on social media. She's, yeah, um, yeah, for anyone who's followed her, 
who is following her, they'll be blessed. Yodi is, again, for the church, for the people of God. Her heart is about the kingdom. And so you will be blessed. But hopefully we'll have her back on Shaping the Culture as well when that other project releases. <laughs> and so thank you so much for getting on here and taking the time to share your heart. And uh, yeah, just shed some wisdom for our listeners. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for making space and thank you for listening. And um, yeah, just thank you for the work that you're doing in, in on shaping the culture. I appreciate that. Well, family, I hope you're blessed by this episode. Until next time, uh, peace and grace.